Chapter 4, School Days. My earliest memory of going to school was a preschool at Shortwood Congregational Church, Aunt Sweetie's Church. It was your pretty average preschool, and I liked it until the day I got in trouble. They had a cook there that fixed lunch, and one day they served me a dish called turn cornmeal. I refused to eat it and said, I'm not going to eat that. That's dog food. Well, I don't have to tell you, they did not take that well. The truth is, I had only ever seen Aunt Sweetie cook that cornmeal for her dog, Bingo, at Charlton Avenue. We never ate it. The dog did. It was a huge misunderstanding, and they told on me to Aunt Sweetie. She was embarrassed. I got spanked and was told never again to insult people's food like that. But whenever they served cornmeal, I always had an excuse not to eat it. My next school was Robinson Prep, a small private school. I had a cute blue uniform dress with dark socks and shoes. What I remember most about that school was how I got to school. I rode on the back of Daddy's motorcycle. No helmet, no seatbelt. I just grabbed on to my Daddy's narrow midsection and held on for dear life. Now I must tell you, this was a pretty courageous act, weaving in and out of traffic like that, considering how Jamaicans drive and all the numerous potholes in the road. My asthma was becoming an increasing problem, so Mommy decided to take me to live with her in Miami to see if I could get better medical care. I was so excited. And that meant I would be going to elementary school there. So off I went on Air Jamaica to live in America, which meant free access to Burger King, Chef Boyardee, and Hormel Chili. It meant school shopping for five cute outfits, such a difference from wearing the dull school uniform which you had no choice in. I did well in school. The English system of education we used in Jamaica was far ahead of the American system, so it was pretty easy for me. But I still had bad asthma attacks, and after many ER visits and hospitalizations at Jackson Memorial Hospital, not to mention that we did not have health insurance and the bills were piling up, so much to my disappointment, I only lasted a few months in America before I was shipped back to Jamaica. I completed my primary school years and took the common entrance exam. If you did well on this exam, you could get a scholarship to a premium high school, which you would normally have to pay for, rather than the public secondary schools. I really wanted to do well, so I could go to my dream school, Immaculate Conception High School, the top girls' school in Jamaica at the time. Well, I did get a full scholarship, but not to Immaculate to Merle Grove, and although they had cute uniforms with short skirts, I did not want to go there. I was so devastated. I wanted the very Catholic Immaculate Conception High, even if I wasn't Catholic. My dad's boss, Mr. Roan, had a daughter in fifth form at Immaculate, and she wasn't on scholarship, so when he heard that Richie's daughter had a full scholarship to Merle Grove, 
and didn't want to go there. He was impressed and sprang into action. And with one swift call to the principal, Sister Maureen Clare, I was in. Just like that, I was elated. The school was on a beautiful campus off Constance Spring Road. Not only were there classrooms, but a freestanding cafeteria, an Olympic-sized swimming pool, tennis courts, a convent for the Franciscan nuns, a boarding school, a building for the priest, a chapel, and beautifully landscaped gardens in the midst of which was the statue of the Virgin Mother. The campus was beautiful, but the uniforms, on the other hand, were worse than ugly. There was the white button-down short-sleeved shirts tucked into the long, shapeless, white, box-pleated skirt that had to be two inches below the knee or you got a demerit. It was accessorized with a blue tie, and as if it couldn't get any uglier, brown loafers and brown socks. Topping it all off was a jippa-jappa straw hat with a brown hat band. Who on earth designed these uniforms? I tell you who, those nuns. They wanted to make sure no boys ever looked at us. A shield-like badge had to be worn on a shirt pocket, or you got a demerit. That denoted your house, like in Harry Potter. My first house was St. Clair of Assisi, which was green, and later, when they added new houses, I was randomly sorted into St. Rose of Lima, which was pink. I never got into the cool houses, like St. Joan of Arc, who was famous. We had sports days when the houses competed. Nothing cool like Quidditch, but the illustrious sack race and the egg-on-a-spoon race was very popular. Keeping the uniform clean was super hard. Most people had five uniforms. But I was one of the poorer children, so I had only three, which Grandma Vida was constantly washing, boiling, bleaching, and ironing. No one even knew the difference, as I always looked sharp and crisp. The biggest problem was the hat. It didn't quite fit flat on my head. Let me preface this by saying that neither Mommy nor Grandma knew how to comb kinky, tightly curled natural hair. No pretty cornrows or braids for me. Grandma often said, When God was giving out here, you was in the back of the line. She and Daddy had what Jamaicans call good hair, soft with loose curls. When I was little, I used to hide under the bed on hair wash day. There was no such thing as cream rinse or conditioner. I endured the torture with tears as my hair was combed and stretched out. My scalp was red when it was done. My trademark hairstyle was my hair parted in the middle in front with two plaits that stood up straight like the horns of a bull. I have pictures to prove this. The hat did not sit well on horns. One day, as I rode to Immaculate on the city bus, I was sitting close to the open window, as the buses had no AC. My hat flew out the open window in a sudden gust of wind. Driver, stop the bus! Which, surprisingly, he did. And off I went in pursuit of the hat while the people on the bus watched. As soon as I would get close, the wind would move it a little further away. But finally, I got it and got back on the bus. 
I loved my all-girl Catholic high school. The only guys were the priests. The nuns were everywhere in their brown and white habits and sensible shoes. There was Sister Mary Catherine, Sister Mary Joseph, Sister Mary Claire. It was tough to keep the Sister Mary straight. We had really good teachers, though. We had to learn Latin, as they were still saying Mass in Latin. Latin was kind of fun. We would dress up in togas and pretend we were at the forum. We also had guidance and sex education, which was essentially, don't do it, practice abstinence every single week. We had religion classes and studied Luke and Acts in detail for a year at a time. Chapel was a regular event. We had to have a lace covering for our heads called a mantilla. When I told Grandma I needed one, she said, You need a what? She had no idea what that was. But once I explained it, she was off to Halfway Tree Road to make one out of the finest Belgian lace. If you got three demerits, you had to go to the office and deal with the wrath of Sister Maureen Clare. They were allowed to punish you there, and you could be beaten with a cane, which was a thin bamboo rod that really hurt a lot. But even worse, she could call your parents, and you could be beaten at home again by your parents. Go cut me a switch from the yard. I would then try to cut the skinniest, wimpiest switch I could find, only to hear, You better find a proper switch or I'll beat you twice as hard, girl. The only days I dreaded were when the vans from the Ministry of Health pulled up and we would watch anxiously from the windows as they set up the shop in the breezeway. With giant metallic syringes, Bunsen burners, and alcohol. Yes, it was time to be vaccinated. No consent forms needed or long discussions with parents here in Jamaica. Just line up and get the shots of the day with the nuns on hand to make sure we took it stoically without much drama. I didn't graduate from Immaculate, as my entire family moved to America when I was 15. But I always remember my Catholic school years fondly. Gibraltar Lane, A Jamaican Odyssey, was written, performed, and produced by Marcy Malcolm, based on the life and times of my childhood in Jamaica. Music and editing by Charles Malcolm, with special thanks to Christopher Malcolm. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe to Gibraltar Lane wherever you listen to your podcasts.